It's quite amazing. Welcome to the house, boys. We're going. Ask not what your house boys can do for you. Welcome to the Haas Boys Podcast, the show made in America, all about Formula One and America's Formula One team, the Haas Formula One MoneyGram racing team, featuring Gunter and one of, in some order or another. In some order, yeah. <laughs> my name is Max. I am one of your hosts. I got my friend Mike on the podcast. Yo, what's up? He is our host with the most knowledge. Most host. The most host. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, but yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> appreciate it. How many other times can I say you're welcome? I don't know. I always appreciate you welcoming to the podcast that we record in my basement. I appreciate that last time we recorded, I botched the intro about three or four times <laughs> and you very kindly edited it out. It was only I was really worried. 10 to 12 hours of editing yeah. this last episode. But we're getting it better. I'm getting better. <laughs> We got a lot to talk about today. We do. And if you're new to Formula One, welcome to the podcast. We're going to be starting off talking about some fun news. Yeah. Because there's lots of news hitting the paddock. Big news. Hitting the grid. Hitting the paddock grid. We had a fun kind of motorsport event that happened this past week-ish. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Then we're going to talk about Haas. We're here for Haas. We're here for the boys at our big money gram Haas F1 team. With the Goonsy. Captain Magnuson. Kevin. And the big old hunk. (laughs) And the Nico. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't like dove into a lot of Haas stuff lately because there's just been a lot of races and recaps and crazy things happening. It's just so much. So much. Haas has been kind of low key. Yeah. They've had some some things, but it's been low key. So we want to give an update. Totally. See how we're still feeling about the team. Spoiler (laughs) alert. We're still loving the team. Still fans. <laughs> still fans. Spoiler alert, we still love them. Still here. But yep. stay tuned. Stay tuned. See, see if we still are. Yeah. And then we also have a race this week. Yes. The Hungry Grand Prix. The Hungarian Hungaro Ring. This is a Grand Prix. It's not one of those mid-prix or no. little tiny prix. Or a Grand where they drop the D. Yeah, Grand. It's not one of those It's not either. a Grand Prix. Not a Grand. It's a Grand. The old Grand Prix. It's a Grand Prix. Anyway, a, get started. Um, first thing, should we go off with the big news that everyone's talking about? I mean, I feel like you have to introduce this segment. Okay. There's only one person. The biggest news ever. That could possibly introduce this segment. It's not me. PacSun has a Formula <laughs> One line of merch that is cheap. Don't tell people. I don't want them to have the same that shirt the as me. News. Nah, the big news. The honey badger has clawed his way. He has found his way. He doesn't give a He doesn't give a beep. And he found a little snake and ate him and took his Alphatari seed. Yeah, he just snatched it right from him. Was that a good way to introduce it? I think it might be Dude, the only way. the honey way. badger's back. Daniel Ricardo is back. And it has warmed my heart. It is... Very much brought a smile to my face and a tear to my eye. Yes. It's so good to see that we basically predicted it last week. We did. The last like 15 minutes of last week's podcast. Yeah. We were talking about essentially what might play out with mm-hmm. the tire test and we pretty much nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you missed last week, you weren't aware, um, Daniel Ricardo, who is a great driver, Yes, a I former mean, F1 driver. Former F1 driver, been a reserve driver at Red Bull. 
Right. Not driving on the grid, just kind of hanging out. Waiting. And then he had a tire test after the British Grand Prix and smoked it enough that they immediately put him in AlphaTauri. Yeah. So. Are you ready for some details on that? Yeah, let's get into it because I want to hear all about it. Well, so, I mean, obviously it was a big decision and obviously Mm -hmm. happened fast. Yeah. Nick DeVries, I obviously, I think that there's a couple of things to cross with that bridge. Mm -hmm. Nick is a former Formula E champion by two times, not just once, but Mm -hmm. twice, and a Formula 2 driver. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that, like, not every Formula 2 champ becomes an F1 driver. Mm. And that's a topic that we could dive, like, deep into in the future. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, Nick never got his opportunity, never got a shot in Formula 1. Something about his career leading up to the F1 seat, the opportunity when he should have gotten one, Mm -hmm. must have not attracted any of the teams. Hmm. And so I don't know what that track record looks like, but he had won a championship and then went on to win two more in a different discipline. Good driver. Good driver. Mm -hmm. But something didn't stand out. Now, I know a lot of fans and a lot of people have this kind of like Helmet Marco is awful he's just letting people go christian horner and him are just the bash brothers no they're sith lords we've (laughs) we've talked we've talked about this how is helmet marco not the most villainous name in the star wars universe darth marco it's it sounds like it should have been marco and he's training up darth horner and they're trying to get max strike me down (laughs) take your rightful place (laughs) (laughs) cut me down in your anger For some reason, Max does seem like he could... There are a lot of weird parallels between the Emperor, Darth Vader, and Luke. Right. And Helmet Marco, Christian Horner, and Max Verstappen. Right. Yeah. It definitely seems as though Max could be intense and very powerful if he was angry. Yeah. So... And they have a reputation for just pulling Red Bull drivers out of the seat and slamming in new drivers when they don't like them. Totally. And it's definitely like, look, Formula One's a volatile sport, and there's better ways to handle ourselves, but... It's really like the sport is known for doing this kind of thing. Unfortunately, so is Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to first say that I do think that Nick DeVries deserves an F1 seat. And I do think he deserves a fair shot, yeah. which is not essentially what he's gotten mm. at AlphaTauri, in my opinion. Yeah. So if you weren't aware, I mean, would this be a good little second to be like last year? He was a reserve driver at Williams. Right. And who was it that didn't get to make it to the race? Alex Albon had appendicitis. Okay, so Nick DeVries jumped in at Monza right. and scored points for his, Williams, which right. was a big deal because they're not a very fast team no, compared to like the Mercedes and Red Bull. Right. So that was a big deal, and everyone was really impressed with Nick DeVries' like maiden drive in Formula One. For sure. And then he got put into AlphaTauri because of that performance. Correct. And he hasn't done as well. That's kind of led us up to now. Totally. And so Helmet Marco made this decision... Let's bring Nick DeVries on. Let's give him the opportunity to jump in an AlphaTauri and race. And let's see how he does. And AlphaTauri, if you don't know, sorry, I keep jumping no, in no, with no, the please. little explanations. Yeah, no, please do. It is Red Bull's secondary team. Right. Should be called Beta-Tari, if we're being honest. <laughs> it's not the it Alpha. Is, it is not the Alpha at Red Bull. No, it is definitely <laughs> it is beta the, beta, the Beta Tester. So if that helps you as a newcomer to the sport, yes, Beta-Tari. We will change the name. <laughs> On this podcast from here on out, it'll be known as Beta Tauri. But yeah, so basically they brought him in. 
And it is kind of their development program mm -hmm. for a lot of their younger drivers, as well as just people that were interested in having in the team. Yeah. Now that we've laid a little bit of groundwork about Nick DeVries, here's, yeah. the, here's the interesting part. Because Nick DeVries has such a resume in racing, he has such a resume in dominating Formula E and having a championship in F2, that the expectation in the bar is mm. a lot higher than Yuki Tsunoda, who's, mm. yes, had a couple of years in Formula One, but didn't have the resume that Nick DeVries did coming in. Oh, okay. And so the expectation was that Nick DeVries would be at Yuki Tsunoda's level mm -hmm. or better. Exceeding that thing. By some margin within the first half of the season. Yeah. You had time to figure it out. You should be at least up to speed with the younger guy mm -hmm. who doesn't have all the trophies you have. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, a fair argument. Right. And so something that's interesting is that although the hate exists and although for like Helmet Marco and mm -hmm. for Christian and their decision, yeah. I do think that there's a better way to <laughs> handle mm -hmm. this situation. Helmet Marco pretty much made it known that Nick DeVries was on the chopping block mm -hmm. before Daniel even went into he the did. test. Like, there's a lot yeah. of warnings for sure. And so there's definitely a better way to go about things yeah. <laughs> than the way they did. And I think that Nick deserves a fairer shot. Nah, but does he? But, but does he? I do think that I can kind of see where they're coming from mm -hmm. and being able to say, well, we tried it. Mm -hmm. And within enough time, yeah. we didn't feel like he was going to get there. Yeah. And that, that also goes into things that people are not considering, which are not just races. But Daniel Ricardo. <laughs> but also Sim. The old Sims game. <laughs> yep. Daniel's really good at Sims. Have you seen Sims. the cool house he made? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's house is sick. It's got like a like party space. He it's does this got, hilarious thing where the Sims get in the pool, then he deletes the ladder. Yeah. And then they all die. And then, but dude, it's got mad party potential. How <laughs> Marco's like, you're in the seat. Dude, you like nobody's been able to think of that. <laughs> That was uh, sick. All with all without cheating and raising your budget. Yeah, all without cheating and getting infinite cash. Yeah, that was sick. And also like kind <laughs> of dark not, side of the force. This is not how people who play The Sims talk. <laughs> there dude, is no mad. There's no surf bros playing Sims. Dude, it is sick. <laughs> the Sims. I don't know. I don't. I didn't play Minecraft either. That's probably even more relevant to this than The Sims. Maybe. But. But the real sim, the simulator, yes, <laughs> is where Daniel has been performing all year because that's mm -hmm. what he's been doing. Yep. And Nick has also had opportunities in the simulator. Mm -hmm. The simulator is not real life. However, yeah. you can measure a driver versus another driver in their abilities in the simulator. Oh, yeah. And Yuki, Nick and Daniel have all driven the simulators. OK. And so there is measurables in that sense as yeah. well. Yeah. Again, up to speed in a certain amount of time. These are the things that they're evaluating and making their decision on. Leading up to the tire test at Silverstone. Again, we'd heard that Helmet Marco was kind of like, yeah, Nick DeVries is sort of on the chopping block mm -hmm. leading up to that point. Christian and Helmet had made decisions mm -hmm. based on whatever happened at the tire test. What would happen with Daniel or what would happen with Nick? Mm -hmm. The interesting part of this <laughs> is that Daniel went out and he said a few laps. This is what Christian said on F1 Nation. Okay. So I'm quoting things that he actually said in okay. an interview. Love it. Christian said that Daniel went out and turned about four laps to kind of like get warmed up and yeah. figure things out. Got to get that feel. And he was within a second of Sergio and Max. Okay. With like kind of race pace 
Okay. Not qualifying. Pace. That's kind of cold coming off. Right. So eight months while being in a car. Right. And Daniel even said in an interview, like, oh, it's kind of fast. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's been a minute, uh-huh. and it's like, wow, that was. It's fast. a lot faster than a simulator. Yeah, a simulator goes zero miles an hour. Yeah, it's definitely fast, <laughs> and it's been a few months. Uh huh. So knocking the rest off, four mm-hmm. laps, got within a second. So they set Daniel up with a compound that would be similar to what they used in qualifying because it is a tire test. Yeah. And gave him a lighter fuel load and let him go out and turn a couple of laps. To kind of be like, this. what would it be like if he was in qualifying right. for a real race weekend? By lap seven, <laughs> Daniel would have been on the front row. Ooh, damn, Daniel. Lap seven. Damn, Daniel. That's freaking amazing. <laughs> he is amazing. He's that good. Yeah. By lap 11, Helmet had called. He was Nick still DeVries. out there driving. He was on the track. And Helmet's like. And Helmet called Nick to let him go. <laughs> he was like holding the phone up to the track. Yeah. Like, Do you, you hear, hear this? You hear that? This is your <laughs> demise. <laughs> <laughs> That's you leaving Alphatari. That, that's that's your best. That's as fast as I want you leaving Betatari right now. <laughs> oh, we're being so mean. <laughs> In the group chat. Yeah. I, Mike and Kevin, our producer, yeah. we were talking about Nick DeVries and they're like, oh, I don't think we got a fair shot. And I was like, how about I play devil's advocate and get Nick DeVries the hell out of there and Daniel Ricardo in there because Nick DeVries sucks. <laughs> Which is not true. It's not true. It's not true. But it's a funny devil's advocate to play. No. And it's funny to step into the shoes of the real devil, Darth Marco. Right. (laughs) And actually see what it looks like. And that is that is I can't believe that the Daniel was lapping around and they were calling Nick DeVries. They were made their decision. Wild. And again, leading up to the event. I didn't know it was that fast. Yeah. Leading up to Daniel being in the car in general, Mm -hmm. they had asked Daniel. Yeah. Should things go a certain way, would you drive yeah. at Alpha Tauri? Mm-hmm. Would you take the seat next to Yuki? Mm-hmm. And he said, of course. Yeah. There was no questions asked. Of course, he would go to mm-hmm. the team. And so being like literally out on the track mm-hmm. doing laps, they just made their decision like, well, we have his answer. Yeah. We don't need anything else. Oof. And Brutal. decisions were made and it and it happened quickly. It is crazy. I think Formula One in these moments proves it is up there with the most cutthroat of all sports and businesses. Right. It's wild. It's unbelievable. And it is what something down to what we discussed, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talked about how Nico Hulkenberg could be a potential replacement for Sergio Perez if he had struggles or mm-hmm. whatever, the reason that that would be interesting to somebody like Helmut Marco and Christian Horner mm-hmm. is because you're only as good as your last race. Mm. The last time they saw you in a car that could, that you pushed it past what it was capable of mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Daniel goes out in a tire test and proves that theory. Yeah. He could have been on the front row and qualifying after yeah. seven laps. We could have and, had more points if and, it was Daniel. <laughs> right. But yeah. that immediately was, that was proof in the pudding. Yeah. And that's all they needed to make a decision. Wow. But prior to that, Daniel's last excursion in an F1 car was mm-hmm. papaya colored and yeah. it was trash. It was brutal. Yeah. It was interesting to hear Christian recap some of what Daniel's habits had become mm-hmm. and he blamed pretty much by name Daniel's race engineer at McLaren Mm. for the things that he was making Daniel do during the race. Well, they were trying to force him into the mold of that car. Right. Yeah. As opposed to adapting. Yeah. And it obviously didn't work out. It didn't. And Daniel seemed to have had the pace in the Renault car that he built Mm -hmm. around him. He was getting podiums at Renault for the first time that they had in a long time. And both Ocon and 
Alonzo podiumed with the car following Daniel's time there. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. And then McLaren never really seemed to rebound. And so yeah. it's an interesting it's an interesting evaluation when you mm-hmm. when you consider what was happening with McLaren and Daniel. Mm-hmm. Now we see that Daniel wasn't the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's clear that he wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. And now he's coming back to the sport. I, and I know that neither of us could say anything other than just pure excitement. I can't yeah. wait for him. I know he's going to be in the worst car on the grid. But like you said, I think they are going to be watching him to see how much he can push that particular car. Yeah. What's the best performance you can get out of that crappy car? Right. And if it's proof enough, it's like that is a warning to Checo. To be like, step up your game. And look, even Christian Horner, mm-hmm. who has denied that there is any movement yeah. for Checo mm-hmm. before his contract is up because he has a contract through next season mm-hmm. that Daniel wouldn't agree to the Alpha Tower seat unless mm-hmm. there was a window mm-hmm. for him to be at Red Bull. Yeah. And do you really think people like Red Bull would just be fine sitting by and watching points go unearned? Not at all. Yeah. It's it's if if they've never been like pally pals enough with their drivers to let them just drive in the car because they like them. Well, and if anyone's going to yeah. give us an example of something that mm-hmm. can happen to someone who has a contract, it's yeah. McLaren. Uh huh. Because McLaren let Daniel go yeah, m- with a contract. Contracts don't mean anything. No. And I, and if you're listening to this and you think we're being too harsh on Nick DeVries, like I think you made the point like Daniel Ricardo is now just as susceptible to being let go as Nick DeVries is. Right. Like, he's not now infallible and immune. He's still going to be up in the air in terms of, like, should we let him go? Like, And it's going to be a huge challenge. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely no question to me that the car is a challenge. Yeah. But there's a big difference here that I think is going to play out and we're going to see play out. Yeah. Which is that Daniel's coming into AlphaTauri with all of the wisdom and experience of being at multiple teams. And he's not going to let a McLaren boss him around. Alpha Tauri has no grounds with him. He's driven the Red Bull and he's proven that he can put that on the front row. Mm-hmm. So Alpha Tauri, shut up and listen. This is how I want the car built. Yeah. This is how I want it set up. Uh-huh. And we're going to work together to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And again, if Christian was pointing the finger at his race engineer for whatever habits, we'll put in air quotes there. Yeah. Obviously, his race engineer at Alpha Tauri is not going to do anything like that. Yeah. Because he's also a part of the Red Bull family. Mm-hmm. So that means whatever they didn't like about that yeah. doesn't exist do not, in the yeah, Alpha Tower blood. <laughs> yeah, all in all, it warms my heart. Like, sincerely, I think it's a better grid. I think Martin Brundle said that. It's, it just feels better on the grid when Daniel Ricciardo's driving. For sure. He's uh, he's very likable. And I'm, I'm like immensely excited that he will get to race in Las Vegas. Yeah. When they announced it and he wasn't on the grid, I was like, how sad. He's... He's the only one that wants to race there. He's the one that said it. Yeah. In the For interview. years, he's been yeah. like, Las Vegas. Right. I love America. We love you. And then they pull him out the year they're going to Las Vegas. Yeah. I was like, that is just gutting, dude. It's so stupid. Yeah. yeah. And so he gets to race in Las Vegas and it'll be so great. Totally. I think the, hard, the, the hardest part of this, and I honestly think is the most heartbreaking factor, it's something that we haven't really covered, between now and the summer break is the Dutch Grand Prix. Mmm. And Nick not being able to race at home. Didn't make it to home race. <laughs> is a little brutal. That is brutal. It's just another salt in this very open wound. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, I mean, all jokes aside, Nick is a great driver. He yeah, deserves he a seat. He deserves a seat in F1, potentially, but definitely deserves to be racing. Mm. He's a talented guy. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate what's happened here, but this is the shuffle in F1. Yeah. There's only 20 seats. Yeah. And so sometimes there's a really cutthroat thing and somebody's the 
the unfortunate bottom of the totem pole. Well, if you think about in terms of villains, we love a good villain. Red Bull <laughs> is made up of villains. Right. Honestly, we'll be honest. Yeah. Alan Marco's a villain. <laughs> Christian Horner <laughs> can play the bad guy. Yeah. You know who else can? Total Wolf. Total Wolf. Yeah. yeah. We act like sometimes they're not or they act like they're not. Right. But they are. Yeah. They're total villains. Do you want to know who is always the hero? Gunter. Gunter. <laughs> Gunter. Remember how always the, the guy hero. he cut off yeah. was a Russian Right. <laughs> Just sent him out of there. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're fighting Ukraine? Yeah. We will do the right thing and yeah. cut you out. Goodbye. Yeah. Bring in Kevin Magnuson and save the day. Captain. Literal hero. Literal hero. American patriot. Yes. From <laughs> Kannapolis, yes. North Carolina. So if anyone is a hero, Gunter. Raise he hell. is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Praise Dale. He is Alec Guinness. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Gunter Steiner country, <laughs> folks. We know that all this Red Bull talk makes everyone think that we're probably going to be Alpha Tauri fans. We're going to be the Alpha Tauri boys or the Beta Tauri boys. The Beta. Beta T. Beta Tauri bush. But rest assured, we're not there. Yeah. We're still the Haas boys. Other news that happened. We mentioned a cool motorsport event that happens every year. Yeah. The Goodwood what's it called goodwood, goodwood festival? festival of speed festival of speed yeah and it seems like they just get lots of cool classic iconic actual cars from motorsport history and kind of race them around with famous drivers totally and people get to come and see those things drive around i, I watched an amazing highlight reel and it looked like a lot of fun and formula one it's people amazing. were there we had mick schumacher i think driving his dad's mercedes formula yep. one car yep um, in his dad's helmet no that's awesome and sebastian vettel was there wearing another cool helmet mike yes he had an Ayrton senna tribute helmet cool um with, he was driving his car he was driving a mclaren mp4 um i'm not sure which generation it was i think it might be the mp4 8 mm. but it's the car that he owns sebastian owns that car oh he just drove it to the track that day from his house <laughs> well he also owns the williams fw14b that he drove Oh, I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. As a driver, why wouldn't you own those cars, man? Right. And Sebastian Drive them is, to the grocery store. Remember, Sebastian is the only driver that was able to name every world champion yeah, and grill the grid. Sebastian is a driver to his core. He's yeah. probably, if I were to guess, the best all-around driver in the world, I would say Sebastian. And he, I don't know much. No, he's, he's definitely up there for sure. And I know that because of, remember, we talked about the James Bond Aston Martin driving. Yeah. And he just whipped out that drift instantly and it wasn't uh, it ain't no thing yeah he's so good uh, and it's just like aston martin it's just like my dad <laughs> Lance took a couple to, tries and like you know most kids have to <laughs> mow the lawn this is my chore i have to be here for a pr video <laughs> for james bond and i mean it's cool i guess yeah i like james i've seen the movies yeah and the, he's got a movie right <laughs> Do you think Sebastian Vettel in the town that he lives in, they let him drive around in those Formula One cars? I doubt it. But also, when you have how much money? Because he's a national hero. And he has in a, Germany. And he has a lot of money. I don't he think he lives in Germany anymore. I think he's in mm, Switzerland. Yeah, definitely. They're not going to let him drive around then. <laughs> in the Alps. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, cool. why not? Um, but, other cool things. Yeah. Travis Pastrana, I thought drove a really, really cool rally car around. Yes. I was blown away at that cool car. Freaking 1980s Subaru yeah. wagon. Where is Goodwood Festival of Speed? Is Good it different every year? No. Goodwood Festival of Speed was founded in 1993 by Lord March. So oh. Lord March, who owns the property, the Goodwood State, 
Uh, this is getting so regal. No, it's good. It's so it's so regal. expensive. It's very high expensive class. High society. It's pinky up territory. Exactly. And so, but it is in West Sussex, so definitely in the mm. part of England that Jeremy Clarkson referred to quite regularly for being footballers and their wives of orange skin. <laughs> Fake tans. Perfect. Great but, image. Uh, but anyways, it's it's been going on for a little while, mm-hmm. but on the grounds is kind of like a hill climb racetrack. Mm. And they also have a rally section that also is on the property that's an off-road, mm-hmm. and it's like through the trees, and they kind of drive these classic cars. But yeah, basically, the idea behind Goodwood Festival of Speed initially was kind of like a car show for bring the cars to my estate yeah. that I might see them. I, I didn't get to see the Le Mans of 1974. Bring it to me. I'm not traveling to Silverstone. I might sweat. Bring the cars to my estate. I don't want to go to a race. <laughs> the race shall come to me. Make it so. Come on, pish posh. <laughs> Race track. Okay, now, to see if the r- real reason is anything different than that. Oh, basically it. <laughs> was to parade. And would, if I was a bajillionaire, that would you I do, would do anything, anything different. different. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly what you would do. <laughs> so he has a parade of classic race cars <laughs> yeah. drive on his property. Good show. And they... <laughs> Good show. And they tell them to turn the volume down. <laughs> I know that that's an original... We're going to start sliding into the California... <laughs> Father won't hear of it. Well, possibly. Because we did that. <laughs> Just that the Californians and the rich London people. Yeah, they're very similar. They're very similar. They are. <laughs> uh, you're, uh. Either, you're either Laguna Beach <laughs> or, you're, or you're from Sussex. Like, it's apparently. It's the very same thing. Put a muffler on that 917. <laughs> I'm trying to have a bagel. <laughs> so they pretty much wanted to parade old cars. Cool. And they do. And it's rad. But also it's become this thing that like, obviously automotive manufacturers got kind of excited about. Cause they're like, this is cool. It is cool. Uh, you know, it's a car show, but they move. Yeah. They're just like parked on the grass. Yeah. Down by your local mom and pop shop. Like mm-hmm. they do in America. But this one actually has the opportunity for like drivers to reunite with their car that they won a big event with. Really cool stuff. So there's like cool opportunities like that, but also the manufacturers, like I said, they're interested. So now it's kind of an opportunity to launch a new car and they do mm. like the hill climb in a brand new model. Yeah. So exciting things. Happen. Yeah. So it's definitely grown cool into event. something that's yeah. a little bit more than just like a driving old cars up a hill. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been an opportunity to celebrate just racing in general. Yeah. So Travis Pastrana racing up the hill, yeah. Sebastian Vettel driving a couple of different F1 cars. Yeah. It's just a really cool thing. And so. We, uh, although all these jokes are made, we're super excited about it. Yeah. And if you guys are bored and you need something to look up on YouTube, definitely search Goodwood Festival of Speed because there's tons of content from several years. Really fun stuff. Okay. Moving on, shifting gears. We want to dive into Haas, MoneyGram, Formula One team. That's us. We want to just give like a quick. These are our boys. Recap up to date on what the Haas is doing this year. How far we have come. Yeah. And are our hopes still high that they will get on a podium this year? Look, anything is possible. At the beginning of the year, we talked about our hopes and what we assumed the team would be doing. I think 
we probably predicted more points finishes by now. For sure. But I'll start off by saying something that I am pleasantly surprised with. Okay. Is Nico Holkenberg's performance. Right. He has been, we've talked about it, been qualifying so well. Definitely. And it's been very surprising and fun to see. I, I assumed we'd be qualifying well, but not as well as he's doing. He's crushing it in that qualifying lap, which is so fun. Definitely. I agree with that. What about really you? Cool. Is there any like fun standouts so far this year that you have enjoyed or that you didn't expect? No, I think I think uh, so far the highlight of the year for me was probably the Australian Grand Prix. Mm. It was a uh, a bummer that KMAG had uh, DNF that mm-hmm. day, but Nico definitely got us as close as we've ever been to a podium, <sighs> even also Wild. himself. Yeah, wildly <laughs> And close. if it wasn't for some weird technicality, he would have been on the podium. We would have got that. But, but honestly, I think that it's been a solid year for the team because I know that their investments and some of the things that they have done to stay within budget cap and spend more money on the car mm-hmm. have been apparent, like the small pit wall. Small pit wall, yeah. And some things like that have got me really excited because it's it's a big picture mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And seeing them make those kinds of moves means that they can upgrade the car more frequently mm-hmm. and more drastically. Mm-hmm. But again, we know that this is the first year of MoneyGram sponsorship. This was the first time that they could really get to the budget cap. Mm-hmm. So that means that some of that development cash and things, they have to get engineers. They have to get people to join mm-hmm. the aerodynamics team. It's not an overnight change as we might want it to as be. As much as we want yeah. it to be. There's recruiting that has to be uh-huh. done. Yeah. And things have to kind of grow in our favor to get a team that can really be competitive. Yeah. I think that they're doing great given what everyone else is capable of Mm -hmm. and what we're working with. Exactly. And I think I've mentioned before that people on Reddit might question Haas right now. And I think it's easy to forget where we were two years ago. Right. Where we were dead, dead last. Right. And there was no hope of even getting past 17th position. It was wildly disappointing and so if you take these very short screenshots or like snapshots of where we just did like the last race and if that is your metric for how we're doing then it might be kind of disappointing k mag and holgenberg are probably at the the were they didn't do very good at silverstone yeah magnuson had a dnf and uh-huh. hulk almost got points finished p13 but if you stretch out that view and pull back a lot you see that it is a continual upward trend from where we were with Mazepin and and Mick Schumacher in that year. Right. And we're still on that upward climb. Like you said, upgrades can happen more frequently and more drastically at times. I think we're still in a good position that we could get a podium. Right. Like as a given, it might be a bit of a shakeup. There might be some things that need to happen, but Hulkenberg has been proving to be quite consistent and up in the pack when given those upgrades. We might be right in the right spot to well, snatch up a podium. I think it's a fair comparison to say that the leaps that McLaren and Mercedes have made midseason mm-hmm. are up for grabs for everyone. Right. And something that is good to remember, especially in F1 right now, is that there are 10 positions that get points. Or how many cars per team mm-hmm. to, if they're finishing anywhere near each other, mm-hmm. like they should then that means that only five teams get points. Mm. Yeah. And when these cars are separated by tenths of seconds, hundredths of seconds, thousandths of seconds in qualifying, that means that five of the teams have found little tiny details Mm -hmm. to make their car be a Q3 car. Mm -hmm. And this season, Nico has gotten to Q3 multiple times. Yeah. 
that's where I have to believe that it's mm-hmm. not just like, we're not just cutting them slack. The performance yeah. is there. Yeah, it is. The only things that have to be figured out are just tire degradation during the race. Right. Which is a development that I'm sure that they are working tirelessly to create. Mm-hmm. But again, understanding that they are still the understaffed team. Right. They're still not Mercedes. Mm-hmm. They're not Aston Martin. They don't have that brand new We're still scrappy. Facility. This yeah. is definitely still the scrappy team. We're still American. Team. We're still scrappy. Still super punk rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In the midst of yeah. a bunch of billionaires. Yeah, exactly. I think that right now Haas is still showing the, the amount of near point finishes and still getting points occasionally. Mm-hmm. With how many good teams there are, yeah. we're all battling for those spots. It's to me, it's still an upward trend, like you cool. said. I think Haas is on the right path. Mike, what I might throw a question at you. What kind of strategy would you hope Haas would implement going forward? We're gonna have the summer break in a couple of weeks. Is there a strategy that they should be trying more? Compared to what they've been doing in the past. Are you saying like race strategy? Yeah, race strategy. I know that sometimes they try and play it like we're going to try and go for the gamble. Right. And hope that there's a safety car and then it works in our favor and we're at the top. Right. Is that something that they do often that or that they should stop doing? Should they start behaving like one of the top tier teams in terms of strategy? At the moment, I think that the car, because of its degradation and because of some of the factors that are keeping it to have a little bit less pace during a race that I think that it might be worth their, their hand to continue to try to roll the dice and gamble mm-hmm. because we may not get into good positions anyways. Mm-hmm. And so it's worth the shot to try to get there. Yeah. Give ourselves a late race safety car or something that gets us on soft tires and we can fight for a good position in the points. Where this has become a very interesting part of this is that this year has had an alarming lack of accidents. It has. It has been very quiet it has. And you want to know why? Why? Budget cap. You think teams are being safe? Oh, man, they you have to be. You think the drivers have instilled in them to, like, do not wreck this car. Do not crash. Oh. If you see a gap that's open, don't go for it. <gasps> we are not. The spirit of Senna. He is, is turning over in his grave. It is lost. It is lost from the track. <laughs> it is because of budget cap. Oh. And to me, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing these drivers this back out of things news. and I feel like it, nobody's talking about it. That's the no. thing that's baffling me is I'm like, what do you th- These guys, are, they were crashing into each other every week. It's true. It's and, what brought in all of us fans. Right. Latifi was smashing walls left and right guys. Uh-huh. And it's cause he knew that daddy was paying the bills. So I mean, it wasn't <laughs> a big deal right now. Currently it seems as though there's way less opportunity for a safety car mm-hmm. unless somebody blows an engine. We're so far into this engine regulation at this point that these cars are also hyper reliable. Yeah. It seems like the only thing that seems uh-huh. to be going wrong is unfortunately something in the current Haas must be overheating or not enough cooling or something is causing the engines to fail. Okay. But outside of that, the teams aren't having engine failures. Ferrari seems to have figured it out. Yeah. Their cars were blowing up. You're right. We haven't had a lot of DNFs. Right. Yeah. So budget cap is playing into the aggressiveness of the racing. That's fascinating. The strategy play to bank on accidents at the moment Mm -hmm. is unfortunately not going our way. Yeah. Because we're just, even though the percentages from years past might say there's going to be a safety car, Mm -hmm. we're just not seeing them. They should make a rule that if you can prove that the budget is going to fixing a smashed up car, that it doesn't count towards your budget cap. I feel like that. I feel like that's a very, like, there's a lot of wisdom in that, like a ton of wisdom in that, you know, because it seems ridiculous that like Haas, when like Mick was crashing and stuff, that it'd be like, oh, we just lost a million dollars. Yeah. 
and we can't do anything else with that. We have to rebuild yeah. the car. Mm-hmm. There goes like, our upgrade. It's like, what? Yeah. Why is that fair? Mercedes is wiping their butts with that mm-hmm. and we can't rebuild our car. Mm-hmm. It seems as though like that's where this didn't quite work out. That's interesting. Yeah. There has been a very, very dramatic drop in crashes. A very noticeable. A really interesting reason why. Yeah. And it's like we, we people are <laughs> losing end our plates. drivers getting better. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no they've always they, been the best. They've always been the, the exact same skill. Yeah. And Max is just winning so much he's not torpedoing people. Yeah, which there's is, no one around him to crash into. Yeah. So we don't know if he's gotten better. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not. He's still crashing. There's people. just no targets. Yes. We that if anything else, I want Max to slow down a little bit just so he has somebody to crash into. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lewis was just the target. <laughs> so anyway, all Lewis and Max fans are so mad right now for all the words that were just said. That was very funny to me. Outside of that, Haas again, I think they're on the right path. I think oh, it's great. possible. Yeah. I just think that right now strategy it, is a factor, but yeah. I think that there's just so few accidents. And it'll be interesting to see where we come back after the summer break. Summer break's notorious for cars coming back with upgrades. Right. And with like different types of performance happening on the track. So it'll be fun to see where they're at. Right. Cool. And I think Ferrari and the deviation from kind of the side pod design that they, mm-hmm. they have said that they're going away from it as well. I think that there's going to be some conforming to this adrian newey yeah like shape. we said last week everyone has seen adrian newey's notes now and it's, it's sink or swim it, with this it's yeah. making a difference yeah it's like if you're not <laughs> if you're not on that page you're trying to yeah, reinvent the wheel now. don't yeah. do it yeah it's not worth it mm-hmm. mercedes is even saying it yeah so if they're saying it yeah when mercedes has thrown in the towel, don't be, be a like, hero oh, we'll be red bull don't be a hero yeah and that actually is a guess of mine for Alpha Tauri. Part of the reason why I think Daniel is interested to go there. And here's a small prediction mm-hmm. to kind of go back to that conversation. They were saying that the team has a different sponsor next year. It's not Alpha Tauri. And part of me believes that they're just going to copy Adrian Newey's car and have the same engine mm. and pretty much the same design. And who's going to stop them? And Beta Tauri is going to be Audi? Sauber? No, that's Sauber. Sauber as so AlphaTauri, they have not be... announced what the sponsor is yet. Ooh. But Helmet Marco has said that it will not be AlphaTauri next year. Who do you think the sponsor is? It could, give you one it, guess. It, it could be Alfa Romeo. Oh, it could be because they're an Italian team. Oh, you don't think it's going to be like Red Bull Summer Edition? <laughs> <laughs> it would actually be kind of hilarious if the sec- if if Beta Tauri turned into just the special edition cans. <laughs> So their paid schemes are just different. Just like the watermelon flavor and the passion fruit flavor. And they just occasionally are different colors. I was going to say something like, you don't think it would be like Lululemon or <laughs> just another like high end apparel. Yeah. <laughs> just like ridiculous. Yeah. I guess I can't put it past them. We yeah. don't know. But we they're based know. in Faenza. Again, this is Italy. Okay. Alpha Tari might become Alfa Romeo, which would be kind of funny that the Alphas would be one. That would be one. Alpha Alpha. The Alpha Alpha. Yeah. From Beta Tauri to Alpha Romeo. <laughs> but we'll have to see how that plays out. But anyways, there's still a chance that that team could turn it massive corner. Yeah. Because it seems as though all these teams are copying Red Bull. Nobody's being pursued by the FIA for it. Yeah. So it's F1's why slowly turning into IndyCar. Yeah. So why wouldn't Red Bull just be like, okay, everyone's going to rip us off and no one's in trouble for it. Yeah. We're just going to give our B, B team, Beta Tauri, the same developments. <sighs> yeah. That'd be wild. So, and I can see that strategy happening, because why not? Why not? Yeah. So, anyways, 
No, is that is that our cue to move on? No, I'm just saying I just deviated <laughs> from where we were big time. Anyway, all to say, we're still on board for the Haas train. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you want to be, there's room on this train for you. There's there's and there's plenty of races there's left. Plenty of seats on this train. <laughs> As we learned from the Haas chap last week from our correspondent, <laughs> there are plenty of seats on this train left. But there's about seven people from Britain on the train. Yeah. Which is great. Cool. I've Yeah. We've learned their names mm-hmm. and they were good people. And then there's me, you, Parker, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. And Gunter. Yeah. So and Gene Haas. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a couple like, people. Was that a 20? Yeah. Yeah. We got seats. Yeah. We're going to go straight to the top. Yeah. And then everyone's going to be bandwagoning and you can join us. We'll still welcome we'll you. We'll still welcome you. Yeah. But we just got the good seats. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, moving right along, we're going to close out this episode talking about the race this week. The Hungary Grand Prix at the Hungaro Ring. Yeah. Yeah. So my quick overview, we won't spend too long on it, but what's the track like? Anything cool that we can remember from the past? And then who do you think is going to take it? Is it going to be Max? Or is (laughs) Is it it going to be Max? Is it going to be Max? Uh, Well, here's the thing. Who do you think is going to crash into Max? Ooh. Who do we want to Piastris. crash into Max? Piastris. <laughs> Oswald Piastris. <laughs> Pato Award Piastris. <laughs> I think that's a good we can we can bank on him. That's actually not a wild prediction. <laughs> He's a rookie. Yes. They're battling up at the front now out of nowhere. Yeah, supposedly. And he could <laughs> just nudge Max's wheel. Yep. Just small nudge. A little small nudge. It'll be an Alex Albon Lewis Hamilton thing, and no one can ask questions. Max has had his wheels <laughs> nudged before and sent into walls before. He's he used can handle to it. it. His neck can handle it. That's actually the thing that I'm the I feel like I'm the most surprised with this season, to be completely frank. Yeah. Is that I'm like, how has there been no drama at the front? between second and third place just anyone yeah i'm like how have you guys not bumped wheels at all yeah what is, is going everyone on? friends now yeah like oh like i guess you could have the second spot like alonzo and lewis are like bumping fists now yeah. together as they pass each yeah, other just like your turn <laughs> go <laughs> try yeah. to catch him yeah everyone well when you have a villain like max everyone else becomes your friend because yeah. the enemy of your enemy is now your ally. Right, exactly. So everyone is united and just hating Max right now. Yeah, they're just like, but then like Max is like a reasonably nice person. Yeah. And he's like not as douchey as he comes across. <laughs> he like partially, but I feel like he really isn't. This is a funny hot take. I mean, we are while we are way off topic. This is a hot take that you, Max is a nice guy. He is. <laughs> he actually I really mean, is. I mean, but, but here's the thing that I think is funny. I love Nikki Lauda. Like, I think Nikki Lauda was one of those dudes that's just like, you can't, re- you can't replace that type of personality. Okay. And he was a dominant force in the sport mm-hmm. because he was also super smart. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just some driver that only was a meathead and just would go out there and make things happen. He understood engineering. Mm-hmm. He understood how to make things faster. Yeah. Nikki was a, an abrasive dude and was a ruthless force. Mm-hmm. Ayrton Senna, extremely dislikable as a teammate. I think mm-hmm. every teammate that raced alongside him was like, well, yeah, I don't, I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. He didn't want to share anything. He was rude. We would listen to debriefs together. Like that's it. Yeah. So I don't think Senna was much of a, like a likable personality either. Mm-hmm. Max is kind of a new version of these people. I can kind of see that. 
And it's interesting because sometimes it's hard to recognize that type of greatness of like mm-hmm. somebody who's just so fierce, mm-hmm. so blunt. Yeah. And they're just going to make it happen. And to plead Max's case, he's never had an assistant and makes her run behind him on a scooter. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's never stopped people from pooping on his plane. Nope. That, not that I've heard of. Yeah. And so he's, he's chill with that. Yeah. And I, I mean, seems to be nice to his stepdaughter. Right. Obviously, but he is the villain right now because he's winning all the time. Yeah. And so, again, I just will draw that parallel of being like, even in my own world, I have to question my thoughts on this to be like, man, if I was younger and watching Nikki Lauda in a dominant period, would I have been like freaking screw Nikki Lauda? Yeah, I might have been. Might have been. Even though I freaking love that guy. I think mm-hmm. he's awesome because he's a legend. So anyways, moving on to the Hungaro ring. Did Nikki Lauda get burned at the Hungaro ring? No, it was the Nürburgring ring. <laughs> Close in Germany. They're they're very similar. <laughs> the, here's the thing about the Hungaro ring. Yeah. Is it's from the eighties. It's from nineteen eighty six. It was it broke ground in eighty five, opened in eighty six. The circuit is kind of known for being bumpy and older not, kind of pavement. Yeah, and it's narrow as opposed to like wide enough for like all the passing in all the places. Mm-hmm. And it because it takes place in the summer, it is known as one of the brutal events on the calendar. Damon Hill claims it to be one of the hardest races of his career regularly every year. And he actually won it twice, should have been three times, but there was a controversy on the third one. Hmm. Then, you know, they introduced Singapore and Singapore is now the most brutal race because it's just so hot and humid. Mm -hmm. The drivers are like, it's, you can't cool the cockpit. It's just intense. But this is probably now still the second most brutal race of the year. And it's interesting because it doesn't really, no one really talks about it, but it totally is. Again, mm. it's an older circuit really? and dusty and bumpy, and it has all of the things that we like. Cool. So that means that there's also opportunities for some Jeopardy. Shakeups. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this weekend because the Jeopardy is everything to mm-hmm. us. We've had some exciting races in previous recent years. Right. Alonzo held back Lewis for ages at the yeah. Gary Grand Prix. Yeah, it was awesome. It was when um Sebastian helped Ocon win. Is when yeah, it was Sebastian's fuel he ran out of fuel. Yeah, the fuel controversy. He was, so Sebastian was chasing Ocon for the win. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were never on a team. Why was he helping him? But he was running no, he wasn't helping him. He was trying to get the win. Exactly. Why would he help him? Because he's on uh, a different oh, team. Gotcha. I'm I, you're asking myself. your own question. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so yeah, Sebastian was chasing him for the win and he pushed so hard through his engine maps that he actually ran himself out of gas. Yeah. And that's why he was disqualified. But no, it seems like a really fun race. Hopefully we might have a shakeup. We're overdue for a big shakeup. I mean, something, some kind of jeopardy. Red Bull have an engine failure for crying out loud. Yeah, for real. (laughs) We'll see how Haas does. Definitely. It's been a rainy year. It's the forecast, I think, has rain in it for the weekend. Exciting. Colder temperatures are kind to the Haas. Cool. cool. And the car is real good in the rain. Nico at Austria during the sprint race was top five. Yeah. And so if we can get another weekend in the rain Mm -hmm. and it actually stays wet, we might have a really good shot. Cool. Well, this will be very exciting. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's time to close out the show for today. Yep. If you guys ever have any questions, please send them in to the Haas Boys. We think we have an email, dosshaasboys at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. You can send us messages there. I think we're just like Haas.boys on Instagram. Yeah. We keep getting followers every day. We're stoked about it. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. 
and enjoy the race this week. Catch you soon. We'll be back next week with a full recap. Let's do it. See ya. Bye. to my estate i don't want to go to a race <laughs> the race shall come to me make it so come on pish posh <laughs> race track <laughs>